Welcome to episode nine of, uh, almost said the Doug Crew podcast, but no, it's the Windy City Crew. Um, with that being said, we are going to go over uh, just the playoffs, uh, NFC, AFC championship games. We're going to get right into it. Danny's already drinking, so it's going to be a good show. Danny, what are your thoughts on, let's go ahead and start with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. What are your thoughts that's, on that game? That's the game you want to start with? Well, that I mean, we have to. The, the okay. NFC is the game we're going to talk longest about. I know we are. All right. Well, first of all, an amazing game. Um, it really was. Like, I, you know, I don't really care for the Patriots. I really don't care for the Chiefs. Uh, I know both of you guys have some really, really good Patrick Mahomes takes. Uh, they are live on Twitter if anyone wants to go back and, and, and review those. But, uh, I mean, what what is an entertaining game? I think I tweeted out, like, football is best. And, and like – Best sport in the U.S. Just a fun afternoon of watching football. So, obviously, you know they couldn't have scripted it any better. At let you know coming down. I mean, what, how many points did they score in the fourth quarter combined? Like thirty some points. I mean, it was. Bro, insane. I had a teaser that was under sixty-two and a half points and Patriots plus nine. After in this, in, at the end of the halftime, I was like, "This is a fucking lock." And then I, next thing you know, it's thirty-one, thirty-one going into like, overtime. I, I'm like, All I right. know, I know but, we're a pro bears podcast and, and and the bears defense is fun to watch and, and and we love watching our defense play but like man when you have two offenses that are battling like that and just throwing throwing the ball uh putting points up i mean back and forth you know of course the ball is going to be in brady's hands you know to drive down and 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 and, and win the game and Going to overtime was awesome. You know, I think the overtime, it, there's been a ton of chat chatter on Twitter about, like, the NFL needs to change overtime rules. Like, I disagree. Uh, and we can get into that if you guys want. But, like, you know, like, it, you lost the coin toss. Like, your defense has to show up. Like, you stop them. Get the ball back. And then and then you go win. So, I just I just thought it was an all-in-all all a really fun game. Tom Brady is, is, is a, a really, really good quarterback. I mean, he is a professional quarterback. Uh, some of those third and tens, third hot and nine. Hot take right there. Hot take. I just mean like, he's you know. He's a professional He is. He's a professional quarterback. Like, okay, but like, does, did, did, are, do these throws, are, are these throws, okay, here's, here's a good question. He's throwing to when Brady, Edelman. Well, listen, when Brady, when Romo calls these plays before they happen, are they that impressive anymore? Okay. Are these throws we, that impressive? I do want to talk about the Romo thing after we all give our takes okay. in the game. So okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll kind of recap my take. Tom Brady's great. Mahomes is really fun to watch. Um, two two teams battling it out. Uh, just a, a really fun game. You kind of knew the Patriots were going to win. You had that feeling the entire game, especially going into the fourth quarter, especially when you see Tom Brady on the sideline, knowing he's going to get the ball again. Um, you know, I don't really, I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-Patriots. I think there's a bunch of people, you know, out there that just don't want to see them in the Super Bowl. I don't care, honestly. If the Bears aren't in it, I don't really care who wins or who loses. But um just a fun game and just really entertaining and, and it, it ended the way that I thought it was going to end. And I called that. I had the Patriots beating the Chiefs. Austin? Yeah, that was a great game. I think Danny actually went two for two. for two I championships. did. You should have done a parlay. Man, well, both away games, you, you would have, that would have been like 10 to win 50. That would have been a good one. But uh, I thought that was a great game. Uh, we should talk about Lasergate too. Uh, if the script Crazy. is flipped on that. If the script was flipped on that. If that was um, Mahomes and they were in Foxborough. But um Basically, you know, I just, I just thought it was game. I thought, I thought Mahomes is like last four games, five games, maybe even you saw how human he is. And I don't, I mean, he didn't put up flashy numbers in, in the last couple of games of the season. And when he played good defenses, he just didn't do great. So I'm really excited for the matchup next year when the bears come to town or when the chiefs come to town and play the bears. But, um, that was a great game. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Um, Unreal performance by him again. I just, 
I, I don't think people can keep writing them off, but I, until Tom Brady retires, I don't think they're going to be good. Even with the next quarterback, I just don't know. But um, uh, he's been in the league for 17 years. He's been to 13 AFC championship games. That's, that's incredible. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. It's just, it's insane. So I mean, that's I, heard, I, I heard a stat. I don't know if this is true. I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna get it totally right. That, that over half of the years he's played in the NFL, he's been in the Super Bowl. Is yeah, that correct? Nine, nine C's, nine Super Bowls, yep. and he's been in the league 18 years. Yep. I'm sorry. That's that's insane. Crazy. That's incredible. That's, that's incredible. more than, and it was more than like a certain amount of teams. Like I think the Bears were included. Like all the teams put together, like eight of them, they had he had more Super Bowl appearances. <laughs> Right. They had just, wins. Probably. That is just a, a weird stat. But so I'll give my take real quick on the game. Uh, Mahomes once again he came up short in a big game. He's done it all year, uh, where he just hasn't performed. I just got to keep I, telling you. I mean, he's kind of right in the big games. He kind of does He's over five this year when it comes to big games. Big Patty Mahomes, Hollywood Mahomes, or Showtime Mahomes. No, uh, until he can start winning when when it when it counts instead of beating up on the the what the Bengals or something <laughs> like that. Let, let me see that and then. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. This guy, they are such a dynasty. I don't think we'll ever see this again for a very long time between the Patriots, what they're doing. Like I said, we already went over those crazy stats, but props to Tom Brady. Now let's go over to one of the most questionable calls. Oh, yeah. wait, are we talking? Are you done? Oh, with we got, whoa, whoa, we got to talk. We got to talk about this game still. I got to talk about Romo. Lasergate and Romo. Oh, we got to talk about Lasergate and Romo. Romo. That, that even last year when Roman was announcing and commentating and people were giving him a hard time for the noises he makes and some of the shit he does and some of the shit he says, he is really good in the booth. And that game, he was well, amazing. I mean, he I think- really, really was. Like, I know a lot of these ex-NFL guys are not very good in the booth. You know, Jason Witten, I don't think even knows the rules of the game. Like, when he talks, it's just like, who is talking to me right now? But, like, Tony Romo had the game of his life. That was the best playoff game Tony Romo's ever had. And yep. he was in the booth. I mean, it, it was well, – he knew – I get that it's kind of annoying to, to kind of hear someone say what's going to happen and then see it happen. But, like, it's also really amazing that, that, he's, that he's making these calls and he's drawing on the – Are all he's drawing on this. like that, though? Because that's the other question I have is, like, is this what, you know, seasoned vet quarterbacks, is this what they see or is this a- just fucking not, I mean, Maybe Aikman's a seasoned vet in the booth, so he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, go. Aikman's into... a Hall of Famer. I don't. I mean, right. I but I'm, my point is, is you don't hear Aikman calling nearly every play of every drive, saying, "Here's what they're going to do." I'd look for him here. I mean, when 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 they made the pass to Gronk down down the sideline, like Romo literally called that play. It was just, and he was like drawing on the screen, and and so for me, it was just like. As someone who's a fan of football, as someone who appreciates football, I enjoy watching football. I'm not the the best at X's and O's and schemes and shit like that. Like that to me was just really, really fascinating to watch, uh, and and I enjoyed it. I, I think there's people who probably didn't like it, but like I thought it was awesome. Super yeah. impressive. I mean, man, I don't understand exactly this. We're gonna go into the what laser gate is what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, if it's flipped, I guess it's a big deal. Awesome. What's your take on it? Yeah. So, I mean, getting to Lasergate, um, Colin Coward brought up today if this was a New England Patriot fan uh, doing it to Mahomes and Foxborough, it would have been a huge news and people would have been all over. He brought up how if the Flategate was another quarterback, it would have been a one day story. But since it was Tom Brady <laughs> and the Patriots, it was two years. This was, that was a two years story. Well, yeah. So, I, I wish it would have been flipped. That would have been fun to talk about. Yeah, it would have. It would have been all over. 
it would have been another, you know, they would have tainted the, the Patriots, you know, dynasty once again. Well, they've had a couple of these stories. Um, back to Romo uh, real quick. So, you know, he's always so hyped, though. And like for this game, it worked out perfectly because it was a very enjoyable game. I think Barstool, uh, I think it was Big Cat, where he said that Tony is perfect for these types of games where it's like pressure and, you know, it's just a lot on the line. But he's like this every game. It could be Jaguars versus Cleveland Browns, you know, regular season when they're both 0-8 and he can be this excited. Well, you're talking shitty teams. We could do Packers against the Raiders, two shitty teams. Speaking of the Raiders, we're playing them in London. Yeah, I know. Big news, it's not considered a home game for the Bears. No, it's an away game, but it's – I mean, but, that's, I, so I we, think we, st- we still get eight games at Soldier Field next there's, year. There's there's a ton of wow. there's a ton of fans in London. Yeah, yeah I just mean like it would have probably sucked. more bears it's than tons of Bears fans in London. I just meant it would have sucked to have to give up a home uh, game in Soldier Field. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right. Absolutely. So we still get eight games in Soldier Field. We got to go over the, to the pond. We got to go over the pond, which you know, good for I us. We get we got a nine a.m. game that day or eight a.m. game, whatever time it is, so we can get God. on the pod super early. Get yeah, up early yeah, to watch that yeah. game. Yeah, but at least it'll be on TV for me. I don't have to watch it on Reddit or anything. <laughs> oh, my God. Go fund me for Danny. Get I know. Some can someone of, get a someone, Sunday ticket. Someone yeah. give me some bucks so I can watch the Bears. You should uh, have You yeah. should have, uh, You should should have. have whoever gave you that young, uh, the young uh, worker, the one young corporate worker award or whatever you got, have them give yeah. you a Sunday ticket for your prize. That would have been nice. I should have asked for that. Anyways. Now we're going to move over to the to the game that had one of the most questionable calls in league history. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Austin on this one. Uh, Saints, Drew Brees versus uh, the most underrated quarterback of our generation, Jared Goff. Um, underrated? What's your thoughts? Oh, overrated. You underrated? I, I was going to say. God, I was testing our viewers. I still think the Rams are extremely overrated. I, I I still think they're overrated. Like I can't they watch got them. Bodied like, in Soldier Field. That's why. I just they're so overrated, and they were getting bodied by the Saints. And I don't know what happened to the Saints, but like the Saints aren't this huge powerhouse that everyone thought they were going to be either. And they don't have this. You know, the defense is playing great, but they don't have this insane defense. And you see what happens when you have. Um, I mean, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara was going off on them in the first half, and then um, they they switched it around. They checked him at the line so he couldn't get open. And you saw what happened. They the Saints couldn't move the ball. So it, Saints don't have a running game. They they when they play a good front seven, a good, not great, a good. They're they don't have a run game, and um, it showed in this game they couldn't move the ball. They were up thirteen points and let the Rams come right back in the game. And um, I I don't know. I mean, it's that crowd was incredible, but the fact that the Saints couldn't pull away, I just I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, you know, we'll talk about the call, but that fucking Greg Zerline kick in overtime. I mean, that triggered I think every Ooh, every Bears. Yeah. Oh my Lake God. Tron. He's the new. He's the next. He's the next um, Janikowski. But um, I mean, he was he drilled those two right down the pipe. And um, Andy talks about that in his interview too. It's just he walks out with such confidence. And he just drills that kick. That would have been good for sixty. That would have been a playoff record if he was oh ba- or God. seventy. That would have been seventy yards. yards. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So just, that just um, crazy game. Me off. I mean, I'm, the only reason I'm happy because I hate the Rams. I hate Sue. I hate Donald. I hate Marcus Peters with a passion. Uh, Jared Goff is overrated. Um, Todd Gurley. I mean, I'm happy for Sean McVay. I think that's about it because I, I do. I respect. I do respect Mr. Sean McVay a lot. But um, that's my take. So go ahead, Danny. Yeah, I mean, another great game. Another fun. I mean, what a, what a fun day of games. Um, you know, I, I called this. I had I had a feeling the Rams were going to win, not because I think the Rams are really good. I just don't think the Saints were very good this year. I I, I think well, 
They were good they, to start. They, were, I think they didn't finish good. I, they didn't they look didn't, good at the end of the regular season. They yeah. didn't finish well. And I think, you know, if you go back to some of our earlier podcasts where we start to give, you know, power rankings and and when the Bears really started to kind of make their make their drive, right? They, they when the Bears beat the Rams, you know, I, I the the Saints just didn't look the same as they did in the beginning of the season. So um I picked the Rams and, and they won. I will say this. Aaron Donald is really, really fucking good. It's almost like he doesn't get blocked or something. I don't understand he's it. Double teamed, yeah, it does not make sense. But he still gets through and still causes chaos. He still makes plays. So um, it'll be a fun game to watch with the Rams and the Patriots. But um, yeah, I just you know, I mean, I don't think the Saints are very good. And and I think they you know they had you know they they were in the dome. They were in their own in their own place and couldn't pull it out. Like I, you know that. I don't know. I mean, it was a fun game to watch. Obviously, the call at the end, like, we can talk about that. That was insane. I mean, that was absolutely insane they didn't get that call. I mean, had that been – I kept I kept saying, like, had that been in Chicago, had that been the game that we were at, Austin, that city would have literally burned out. I mean, I can't, I can't have, imagine, dude. People would have, have, have stormed the field. I mean, it was so You really so think blatant. so? Oh, Bro, it would have been awful. I can't it, imagine. Like, going home would have been awful. It would it, Like, because when we were going home after the game, it was like – we're just disappointed and, and depressed and stuff. But if that's how we lost that game, uh, you know, because like, dude, I, I would have broke Twitter. I would have broke. Twitter. It was just, it was so clearly a penalty from every angle, from every view. I just can't believe every, what was that one guy. Look, I just, I, I don't so know. I saw one. I saw, you know, obviously there's like 9,000 cameras in this building. And, and there was one view that was posted on Twitter a couple days ago where the ref that was in the end zone that had the clearest shot of this ran down the sideline waving off the other uh, um, ref that was up to that was up the field saying no flag no flag no flag I mean it's just like every angle well had they, I guess at, a at the time I guess at the time they had to um I guess at the time it was because or they probably thought the ball was passed them by the time he was hit but either way I guess I didn't see helmet helmet I don't I don't know I really don't know that was the most obvious call I've ever seen so I mean, with that being said, should pass interference be reviewable moving forward? Danny, you want to take this one? I mean, <laughs> you're looking at like NFC Championship game, fourth quarter. They probably would have won. Yeah, like that's one end of the spectrum. And then how often they call pass interference in regular games in week four or week six. Like that flag is always tossed. So I, I think the answer has to be no. Unless they can define the rule where if it's a score, a potential scoring play in the red zone, something that that can really truly impact the game uh, and make sense of the rule that way, maybe. But there's already so many damn reviews and there's already so many flags that are called on PI that like I think that's tough to introduce that as a reviewable, yeah. challengeable play. My only unless, unless there's dramatic circumstances like the one we just saw. Yeah, I mean, I'll go before Austin goes. I think my thoughts on it is obviously no, it shouldn't be reviewable just because the game would be, um, it would ruin the, you know, just how we watch it, the flow of the game. Um, and then also, I just, I think what what needs to be done is I think the refs that, that ref that game do need to be, you know, their game checks need to be taken and then also a four-game suspension for all of them. Every single ref that was in that game, there needs to be some type of repercussions for what they did, um, because that really did change a legacy. It changed the outcome of the game. I just don't think that's changed fair. history. Changed history, and I think they need to be held to a standard, just like an athlete would. If they made a huge mistake, 
Um, and that's what I think needs to be done. So Austin, what are your thoughts on uh, pass interference? Um, I, if you can't review it. The only thing I'm going to, I'll say is you can, uh, you can only review it <clears throat> the last two minutes of the, of the game, not even the half. So the game is the only thing I would consider, but um, you're talking about reviewing every time there's, there's contact between the cornerback and the wide receiver. I mean, you could eventually have a strategy at the end of a game where if you throw a hail Mary, it could, they could, the refs could review it and call a pass interference. Like if you think about yeah. it that way, if you're on the 50 and you just throw that ball up. You can potentially try to get a pass interference call that they would review. So it's just, um, you can't cause it's just too many things to review too many things to look over. Um, the simple solution to this is hire full-time referees. It's it's these, these referees in the NFL are not full-time. They need to do full-time referees. And in the off season, they need to train them like the NFL trains, like the players train and they need to train these guys and they need to run through simulations and they can't just have meetings on new rules and then expect them, these part-time referees to come in and, you know, not, you know, not be ready. They have to be full-time. They have to train the whole years. I mean, you, this is stuff that, you get paid to do, you get paid, players get paid to play refs get played to call a fair game. And that just ruined the integrity of the game. And I'm sure the NFL lost a lot of fans from it. So well, it's also it's it, it, in the playoffs. Those aren't the same. Those aren't the same crew, right? They're individual refs who are kind of the best of the best who are put together. Right. So usually when you, when you're, when you're, you know, when, when the core ref team is out there, they are, they know each other they have, they, you know, they know each other's tendencies. Like this was a, this was an independent crew kind of built together so that may have factored into it the other thing that's kind of getting lost in this is what an absolutely horrible way for the saints to end two seasons back to back oh i know right you know could you imagine being a saints fan could you imagine oh my god losing in minnesota the year before the way they did and then losing this year in the nfc championship that is awful well i can wait here's the we can only relate to to this year where we lost in a very, very heartbreaking way, but we saw it coming. You know, the Saints, both of these scenarios, there was no way to predict this, you know, going throughout the season. We at least really? had a feeling it was coming. We've tweeted about it. We've talked about it. I don't know how Saints fans are, are coping with this. I would have been off, out of work for a couple of weeks, um, depressed, probably had to go on antidepressants, to be honest. Um but wow, let's pray for them, you know, as we go throughout throughout our week. But um, now we're going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, as my as my good friend Mitchell Trubisky said, the Bears are rolling deep this year. Okay, mm-hmm. I think it's eight Pro Bowlers. Um, now I'm not a man. I'm not really hyped about Pro Bowl selections and everything. But I like to see Mitchell Trubisky, you know, as a starting Pro Bowl quarterback. It just it sounds right. It feels right, and I'm excited. So, what are your guys' thoughts? Are you going to be watching the Pro Bowl this weekend, Danny? I mean, probably not. I didn't read to be it. honest with you, yeah, I'll watch it on Reddit. No, hey, Mitch, I, Mitch and Akeem are in the skills competition tomorrow. Like I, like, like that to me is more interesting. The Pro Bowl is so boring. Like, don't even play the game. Also, like, what if one of these people, if one of them does get hurt, like, how awful would that be? Like, that would suck. So I don't know. I might if I'm that bored. I, I what day is it? Saturday or Sunday? Uh, I think Sunday. I'll watch the highlights. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just probably pay attention to Twitter to see what Mitchell's doing and, and the rest of the guys are doing. But I think it's just it's just a it's a it's it's a nice nod to a really good, talented group of guys who deserve it. And I think it's really cool to see that many Bears down there. I know the Pro Bowl doesn't mean much. I know no one actually really cares about the Pro Bowl, but uh, in terms of kind of you know the Bears letting the league know that like we're here to stay, we're not going anywhere, we're we're bringing down a a big group of guys to the Pro Bowl, like that means something. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's exciting for the future. 
And I'm happy for Mitch. I mean, you know, Mitch was dogged all year long. Even when he played well, he had haters. So, yeah. um, again, I know it's not a huge thing. Uh, but, you know, like I was tweeting with Simba, uh, who was on our show a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple episodes ago, about how, you know, he, he tweeted out, like, you know, with all the things that Mitch did this year, ending it with the Pro Bowl, with the Pro Bowl uh, selection, like, you know, he kind of met my expectations. And I, I said, like, you could argue he exceeded expectations. I don't think anyone thought that Mitch would lead us to the playoffs. I don't think anyone thought that Mitch would be a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. Like, so I just think it's a really good way to end the year. And I think confidence wise for him going into the next year, which we've talked about is important is, you know, these are all good things. These are all exciting things. And if you're a Mitch fan, um, which you probably are, cause you're listening to our podcast, like this is, these are all really good, exciting things for us and for him. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just. I'm excited. Eight. I mean, eight Pro Bowlers. Is that the most? That might be the most the Bears have ever had. I don't know. Stats department isn't calling me in right now on that. But um, we. Uh, that, that's that's awesome. Tree Cone said today. Uh, like a lot of the team is talking about how the Bears have so many guys there. Um, it's really cool. I'm really happy Charles Leno was able to go. Uh, 2014 draft pick. Um, I think he was the first, uh, first Chicago Bears lineman to go to the Pro Bowl since 1991. Uh, so that's that, um, Cody Whitehair is in there as well, which is awesome. Um, I'm just, I'm excited to see all these guys in there. I'm excited to see Mitch go. I'm sure Cody and Leno are going to be playing when, uh, when Mitch is playing quarterback. So, uh, it's, it's just, it's cool. I'm going to be watching. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be watching the skills competition. I might tune in just to see Mitch, but like, let, let's say Mitch wins skills competition or does really well in, in the Pro Bowl. I mean, that's, that'd be, that'd be some cool stuff. So as long as they don't get hurt. But it's good to see Eddie Jackson out there, too. It looks like he's having a good time. So yeah, I absolutely. think everyone's pretty That's cautious good. when they play this game. I, I don't think there's a lot of high intensity. Uh, so, yes, I agree. No one should get hurt. I hope no one gets hurt. But I think they all pr- play it pretty loose. Absolutely. So uh, with that being said, awesome for the Bears to have that many Pro Bowlers. We're going to go into an interview right now. Austin uh, has gotten, I think it's Andy Phillips. Uh, He's a kicker. He can make a 43-yard field goal. It's confirmed. Uh, So we'll be talking with him. Austin, uh, we're going to go ahead and send it over to you, okay? What's up, guys? I'm here with Andy Phillips, Utah Ute kicking legend and former member of the Chicago Bears. Andy, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. Wow, what a setup. What, what, What an introduction for you, right? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, um, so getting, I mean, obviously getting right into your kicking experience. So, uh, can you just tell me your overall experience, um, at Utah? I mean, you have a ton of records there. I think they call you automatic Andy there as well, which uh, is pretty fitting. And, uh, I guess, um, also your NFL stint where you were uh, with the bears. So just, you know, just a little bit backstory and then stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Um, well walked on at Utah in 2012, um, and, you know, I hadn't played football before. I played soccer, ski race professionally. And so it was kind of a new venture uh, and, a, and a new adventure for me. Um, and so I walked on at Utah, uh, ended up redshirting my first year just to kind of get the technique and the rules down and whatnot. And had some really cool mentors, um, you know, older teammates and stuff that really, uh, really helped me out. And then uh, battled next fall camp for, for a starting job and ended up winning it and having, you know, four really really great years where I felt like I, uh, you know, though I was new to the game, uh, each, each and every game, um, I felt really comfortable, you know, obviously, uh, had some, had some great successes, had some, uh, you know, some mistakes, if you will, that I, I learned from. And so I felt really good, uh, after setting a few records at Utah and, and, uh, you know, felt really good about my kicking. And so when, um, when I got the call from Chicago, uh, in, in May, uh, it was awesome. I just, I felt like, 
you know, there was an opportunity there. Uh, Connor Barth was the was the other kicker who I was competing with. Um, you know, it just felt like uh, things had kind of fallen into place, and it was a really good opportunity for me to go and, you know, hopefully make my mark with the Bears. And so, uh, you know, signed a free agent contract with them uh, in May of 2016, and uh, you know, OTAs, rookie minicamp, uh, you know, the, the whole the whole deal, and then uh, made it made it about three quarters of the way through uh, through camp, and yeah, just ended up getting getting cut. Uh, kind of out of the blue and so it was a little bit disappointing my attitude kind of throughout the whole thing was you know I want to be as as great of an impact as I can be given this opportunity whether that's on the field whether that's off the field uh whether that's with these teammates that I'm just getting to know and so um you know I walked away from getting cut really with my head held high because uh, I felt like I you know every single day I was, I was away from my family um you know my wife and and two kids at the time uh, I was away from them, so I thought, hey, I've got to take advantage of every second of every day. And um, so I walked away knowing that that I had done that and I'd given it, you know, everything I could have. And um, you know, just didn't didn't fall my way, which uh, which happens in life. And so um, luckily, I've learned from you know from the past in in uh, in ski racing and also in other experiences that uh, you know everything happens for a reason. And you, you just you know you learn from from uh, from your experience and you move on and you know, you wake up each day a better man. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, some, it's an awesome response there. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure just, just an incredible experience for you. And I want to get into also, so I know you were a soccer player before coming in. What's the difference? Um, how, how, how does a kicker train in college? And then is there a difference between maybe training in college versus maybe training in NFL? Are there more resources for you available or kind of being a, you know, decently sized D one school and then, uh, you know, an NFL team, are they kind of similar or, you know, what's going on there? And then like, I guess compared to soccer as well. So basically like what's the overall kicking, kicking training that kind of goes on there? Yeah. Great question. You know, soccer's, um, there's a lot to soccer conditioning, uh, you know, tactics, um, scheme, etc. And so, uh, so it's hard to compare it as far as uh, technique goes, you know, kicking a football is, is a lot different than kicking a soccer ball. Um, not, not too hard of a conversion, but just the mechanics are a lot different. And that's what that transition was like for me in 2012, 2013, when I walked on Utah, I was going, Hey, I'm accurate. I can kick a football. I can put it through the uprights, but, um, you know, let's make this consistent. Let's make the, the form right. Make sure you're hitting the right part of the ball. Um, and so there's a little bit of a difference there. And, and, uh, I don't think people respect that a lot, but you know, you get some of the best soccer players. I can't remember who it was. I think David Beckham like ran out one day at halftime during one of the NFL games and, you know, piped a, a 50 yarder. So, I mean, it's there, it's, it's part of the, um, you know, it's part of the makeup if you're a soccer player, but, uh, where it differs is, uh, you know, soccer's a, a 90 plus minute game. Um, where you're out there running on the field and you're contributing uh, to each play or, or to each uh, you know drive up and down the field, if you will. Um, whereas with kicking, it's you know you're running out and and you you have four seconds really to make a play, and it's kind of uh, you know the weight's on your shoulders, the pressure's there. Uh, you either make it or you miss it, and um, I just I don't know why for some reason I'm I'm wired a weird way but I love those moments like it you know the 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 more stakes the better for me you know the higher stakes I should say the better and um, so that's kind of what really drew me when I started kicking was like hey I can you know four seconds of work and and still get the same high and still get the same rush that I would if I was 
you know, rushing down a mountain on my skis. Um, and so, uh, that was fun. They kind of babysit you a bit, uh, at the university level, you know, you're, I was a little bit older when I started playing football, but you're surrounded by 18, 19, 20 year old guys. I was 23 when I redshirted. So, um, so I, you know, I, I kind of, uh, butted heads a little bit with the system. Cause I'm like, Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a grown man. I'm married. And I'm not going to go out and screw around. Yeah. Like maybe some 18 year old kid might, but, um, you know, they babysit you and make sure you're doing your work. And then you get to the NFL level and it's just expected. It's like, Hey, do what you need to do. I mean, every single minute in practice, uh, at, at university of Utah, I had to be really accounted for, um, had to be doing something, whether it was, you know, stretching, core, kicking, um, you know, technique, whatever, you name it, I had to account for every minute of practice. And uh, I remember the first time running out to practice with the Bears and, you know, Connor, Barth, Pat O'Donnell, Pat Scales were all there and they're all in their tennis shoes. And I'm thinking like, what are you guys doing in your tennis shoes? Like, where are your cleats? What are, where are practice? What's going on? And um, it took me a second to adjust to kind of the, the laid back. It's like, hey, you can be in your shoes, but, you know, when period, you know, 10 comes along and it's field goal, uh, your shoes better be on, you better be warmed up and, and you're accountable for everything. And um, so it was what I was hoping for. Uh, I just, it took me a second to adjust. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool, um, it's a cool atmosphere. Uh, I, I love, you know, I loved my time in Chicago, uh, and I love the rookies that I came in with. Um, you know, Mitch and and uh, Tariq and, and Adam. Yeah, I was about uh, to ask you about them. Like, did did you, you know, was there a specific one of those guys that like stood out, or, or can you, you know, you got any you know stories about those guys or anything? Yeah, I mean, uh, so we kind of had a little crew going. Um, Adam Shaheen. Uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky and Tanner Gentry, uh, and I would, um, you know, we'd, we'd go get sushi. We would, uh, we would go mini golf. We would just you'd go back to the facilities to cold tub, try and put in extra work. I mean, for me, it's, you know, extra work would be like, let's go, you know, let, let me cold tub and, and get on the, you know, get in the recovery room a little bit longer for Mitch. Um, I don't think people realize how hard Mitch works uh and how much time and effort he puts into uh to have become who he is you know he wants to be a leader um he really wanted to when he was you know with uh um i'm trying to remember mike glennon you know mm -hmm. when he was kind of competing with him in camp a bit uh, learning from him learning from mark sanchez uh he just put in you know he'd be there at, at like 6 a.m all the way up until about 6 or 7 p.m if not longer just watching film studying plays i mean i i uh i was in shock i've never seen somebody work that hard and so um when i got cut and and, and now i've watched the last couple of years from the sideline no not from the sideline from my couch uh you know i i've i've just i knew it was going to happen I knew, I knew it was just a matter of time and so it's been fun to see mitch kind of step up into that leadership role and and really change the culture of the team um you look at the rookies uh you know, you look at uh, Tariq. I mean, he's changed the culture a lot. You look at um, uh, Eddie Jackson, um, you know, and, and, and it's just cool to see these guys having such a big impact. And, you know, part of me is going like, man, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could say the same. But, uh, again, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, I mean, we're going to we're going to we'll get into this now. So, you know, obviously we had the Cody Parkey kick, the double doink hearing you talk and hearing that you live for these moments and stuff kind of makes me think like what, what if and stuff. So 
I'm not going to ask you if you would have made the kick because, I mean, obviously that's kind of what you do and it's not. But, like, more of, like, how – I guess how hard – it, it was that, you know, is that kick form with the wind and the crowd and the cold and everything. And basically, um, I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I, I mean, I guess as a, as a kicker, as a human, you got a feel for him, but how was that kick as a kicker? How, how like hard it is in that moment? Yeah. Great question. And I do feel for Cody because, um, you know, he had, he had that rough game a few weeks before where he hit the upright, uh, I think on two field goals and, and, and two extra points. Yep. And then he came back and he was, you know, player of the week because he, I think he drilled four field goals. And, um, you know, that speaks volumes for him of, of being able to bounce back after that. And, you know, I, I would imagine after this kick too, he's going to bounce back and, you know, I don't know what his future looks like uh, if it's with Chicago or somewhere else, but he's a, I just want to put it out there. You know, he's a, a heck of a kicker and, um, you know, that's a tough situation. And for me, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to sit on the couch and go like, man, I, I probably would have made that kick. And the competitor in me goes like, of course I would have. But, um, you know, there's one thing that he did that I I made the mistake of my sophomore year in college. Uh, we were playing Arizona State down at Arizona State. It was, an, uh, you know, an easy 35-yarder in overtime. Um, snap came back. The whistle blew for a timeout actually right before the snap came back. Uh, and I still went ahead and kicked the ball. And, uh, and I, I, and I missed it, but, uh, and I actually pushed it right. And so it just added this weird element, psychological element to the, to the game of like, oh my gosh, I, I need to correct that. And then I went back in and I actually ended up missing the field goal left. Um, and so for me, I was, when he kicked that, that first kick on the timeout, I thought, oh no. And then he drained it too. Um, you know, I thought, oh no, like that's something that I, I never did after that sophomore year. You know, I probably was iced four or five more times throughout my career at Utah. And I, uh, I actually talked to my holder, Tom Hackett. And I just said, Tom, anytime we hear that whistle, just pick the ball up. Don't even, uh, you know, don't, don't even let me kick it. So, uh, I just thought when he kicked that ball and piped it and it was beautiful kick, you know, I thought, Oh no, here's, here's an extra psychological, uh, element to the game where he's going and maybe he wasn't, but I know I would be going like, man, I drained that. Like, that's awesome. Okay. This next one's, you know, this next one's no problem. Um, you know, and I know the next one got, got tipped and, and maybe, maybe it was low trajectory. Maybe there's a little bit of, uh, um, you know, a little bit of, uh, what do you call that? Um, you know, push from the push from the field goal block team mm-hmm. and they were able to get past the, the field goal block team a little bit, but you know, it, uh, yeah, it was tough to watch and you feel, cause that's such a hard kick. Uh, there's so many elements to that. Um, you know, to that game where there's the crowd, you know that it's a great season. The Bears are finally, uh, you know, finally in the postseason. Um, and it's all on your shoulders. And, and, you know, there's nobody else that, that wanted to make that kick more than him. And, and uh, you know, and, and unfortunately it, it, it didn't go through. But um, it's those opportunities and those moments that, that we live for. I think Cody would probably say the same thing. It's uh, as a kicker, you have to have a little bit of a screw loose. Um, or else, or else you fall off pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was tough to, I was actually there. And at first I thought it went in. Uh, so that was, that was, I didn't see the ball. I, I, the way I found out was that the Eagles were celebrating. So that was tough. And after I, I mean, obviously I don't know the psychological thing as not, you know, not being a kicker, but, um, I saw the first one and I was like, Oh man, you know, he kicked the first one. I was like, gosh, you know, and then of course, but yeah, I mean it'll sting for a little, but eventually people will get over it. Um, yeah, we'll see the future. It's you really ask the question: What if Andy Phillips was uh, was kicking that ball? But 
you know, maybe, maybe in the future. So, you know, last question I'll have is might, you know, might be quick, might not be, but, um, have you, have you received any calls yet? Any invitations to training camp or, or anything like that? No, I, I haven't yet. Unfortunately. Um, I've, you know, I've been waiting for him, but, uh, no, nothing quite yet. I, last year there were a couple that came through, um, and you know, it's just, it's a, it's a tough gig. And I, and I don't think, think a lot of people realize that as a, as a kicker, um, you know, there's a group of free agents that probably 20 or 30 free agents that have been in the league a year or two or three. Um, and so if a team needs a quick fix, oftentimes they're the first ones that, that they choose because they have film where, uh, where, where I have a little bit of trouble and, you know, it's a little bit of a, um, a chip on my shoulder is I never got time in a, in a preseason game and, and a preseason game is where, as you know, every NFL team's looking at, uh, you know, looking to poach other teams and, and find those guys that maybe get cut, but have the talent and can be developed. And so, um, you know, I was cut, I think the week before, uh, the first preseason game and, and that was really disappointing to me. I knew, I, you know, I know it's going to be uphill battle if I ever want to get back on an NFL team, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm just keeping a positive attitude, keeping my leg fresh, and, and if I get a call, great. If not, uh, you know, that there's a reason behind that. I, I don't know why, but, uh, you know, I'll just make sure that, that I'm ready if that call comes. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, we all hope it does, and, and you know, hope maybe maybe Brian Pace will, uh, will call you up soon. I mean, that's what, that's what we're all hoping, hoping for. I'm sure most of us are hoping for someone else, but you know, if it's Parky again, I could I could see Cody coming back strong. I could I could actually see Co- Cody going somewhere else and coming back and drilling five kicks and beating us. But um, I could see that <laughs> happening as well. But um, Andy, thanks for coming on. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Andy D Phillips, right? Yep, yeah, that's right. At Andy D Phillips. So Andy, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again. And hopefully we'll see you on uh, on TV next year, and we're sitting on the couch watching you out there. Hey, I hope so, man. I appreciate you bringing me on, and let's make this happen again. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Great interview. Good job, Austin. Once again, you're killing it. Um, With that being said, uh, I'm going to send it to you, Austin, real quick. Just any thoughts on on Andy? Yeah, Andy was a great guy. I'm um, I'm, I'm super happy we were able to have him on. I'm rooting for him. Genuine guy. Um, You can just tell the interesting – some of the interesting things I heard is, like, obviously it's just another person who's close to Mitch saying how hard Mitch works. He's never seen anyone work as hard. But also talking about the psychology of a a kicker and how, you know, it's a mental game. It's a very mental game as a kicker. So it was interesting to hear. It was really, really cool to hear his interview. I'm happy and um, we brought him on and we're going to be able to do it again, hopefully when he's an NFL kicker. Absolutely. So now we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, Chicago Bulls basketball. It's about six years too late, but they finally got that guy, Carmelo Anthony. Um, Obviously, he's just going to be here. What, he's not going to play a game, right, Danny? No, he's um, not going to play a game. We, we got cash. So, I mean, that, there's not much to talk about it. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on Melo? Will he play another game in the league, you think? No, I think he'll get picked up by somebody. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know what is intriguing about Melo. Like, I was really looking forward to Melo, like, actually playing for the Bulls. Like, at this year, too. Like, especially with all the shit going on with the Bulls. Like, you know, the, the coach making them run suicides. The coach making them actually practice during the days. Like, like I was excited to like see or 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 get the drama of Mello actually like being forced to practice and like work out. I mean, so it, you know it it is too it's too many years too late. I think we'll get picked up by somebody. I don't care. I mean, he's just you know he's 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 a, he's a bum. Um, 
And this is a typical Bulls move. Typical Bulls move where they don't they don't get anyone in return. They get cash. I don't know what they're what they're stockpiling their cash for. They keep doing this. It's just so annoying. Gar and packs have to go. Like it is it, it there's no way to salvage this organization. They are they are such a joke. They're down 120 to 101 to Atlanta Hawks right now. Like that game's over. Um, they suck. They suck. They and like I, and it sucks because I like watching basketball. I enjoy watching basketball and like I have no interest to watch the Bulls. I just I don't care. And you know everyone's like, well, even if they tank, like they're gonna get the number. Like they'll probably screw up the draft and they'll probably take some guy from like. Sweden or something like you know they just they 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 don't do it the right way they never make the right decision this mellow thing is just weird and dumb and yeah they got some extra cash but like for what it's just I can't talk about it mellow stinks the bulls stink that's my take yeah uh Austin do you have anything to add slightly on that um I mean it, I don't know it's it's just it's tough to watch I've never seen a more just shambled team, and I really think Boylan's just hanging around for. Um, I really think Boylan's hang, hanging around for, so that the Bulls can like lose, and then we can draft R.J. Barrett or Zion, which you keep hanging out on Zion, and he had a hell he of a game. Goal. Yeah, but you say he had a hell of a game. Guess who scored two more points? R.J. Barrett. I'm. I know. I, mean, I know. Barrett. I know. I think R.J. I don't know though, but Zion. Like I would say, R.J. But Zion is so built. I mean, we haven't seen a player like this since LeBron James coming. I'm just saying, built-wise, he's a big guy who can play football too. So there's a lot I of mean, big guys in this league. Now nah, I'm not, 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 not like big. I said, like we don't need another power forward. We I, mean, need I agree a transformative point guard. Okay, I agree with you on that. Please, I just hope they do not go after Zion. But anyways, with that being said, now we're gonna go over to the White Sox. Um, I'm gonna start with you, Austin. I. I'm tired of this baseball free agency because it's Harper, Machado. What are your thoughts? Are the Sox going to get Machado? Um, I don't I don't know, man. I really don't know. Supposedly, the Pirates are actually – this is surprising Cubs fans too. The Pirates, which me and Dave are, the Pirates are actually – oh, Danny's Cardinals. This actually affects all of us here. The Pirates are a sleeper team for Machado. Dude, I don't know what's going on with this shit anymore. Um, I guess because I, I think the uh, the show, the MLB, the show reveal was last weekend, and they thought it was going to happen then. It didn't happen. Um, I really don't know when these guys are going to sign. It's super annoying. The MLB needs to revise their free agency um, ish things here. Um, I don't know. The you know the White Sox. I honestly think it's going to be White Sox landing Machado, and then the Phillies are probably going to land Bryce Harper. But um, at the end of the day, I have no idea. Uh, Machado's getting low-balled. The White Sox are low-balling Machado, but no one else is bidding. So um, super interesting. I don't I don't know. I mean, the Cubs aren't doing anything. The White Sox have done little. So it, it's slow offseason for Chicago baseball. But it'll be interesting to see Machado if he goes to the White Sox. That's going to be a hell of a rivalry. Because the White Sox have a good young core like the Cubs did in 2015. So... Um, it'll be interesting. That's going to be a fun game. I'm excited to go back to Wrigley this year because obviously I just moved here from PA. So now I'm excited. The, now you got the echo. Yeah, I know. I hear it. It's, it's, it's So, like, let's talk about this. Machado has been offered seven years, $175 million, and he's squatting on that. Like, who in their right mind would say no to that? Just say yes. Go play. And if it and if sucks, I had his talent, I would probably say no. $175 million, Dave? Yeah, someone will give him more. I would only go for like 200 plus. Okay, so you get 25 extra million dollars. At that point, what does it matter? 
I don't know, man. What does it matter? We'll get Manny on the show and we'll ask him exactly why he's doing this. And we'll probably get his agent as well. Right, Austin? Can you work that out for us? Yeah, sure. I got you guys. I'd be more curious about what Harper's going to do. Like, is he is he squatting on the more money, I or is he going? Less, man. He's not going to the Cubs, so now I'm like, I don't care. You know, you guys, ne- you guys never say never over there on the North Side. You ne- Theo's league, right? You guys' big thing is Theo's league. Not He'll anymore. figure out a way. Central. Yeah. Well, it didn't make sense, and I'm glad they didn't do it because we didn't need him anyway. Okay, we're a very talented ball club. That doesn't mean Bryce Harper. You guys are all using I never my. You guys are all using my old sound bites. That's all I said about the cuffs. You guys don't need them. You, you, you made your bed with with Hayward a couple years ago, and now you're paying him a hundred million dollars. I like, think I said it. I don't think that was. No, your I said that. I, no. Well, okay, maybe we both. Said it. No, I'm just kidding, man. I was totally for Harper. Um, so now we're gonna go with uh, our famous, inf- our infamous Twitter mailbag. Uh, what's the first question? So first question is from Bears Report, one of our uh, top top supporters here. His question is, uh, if you had to pick one, who would you rather have the Bears sign, Robbie Gold or Kareem Hunt? Oh, Kareem Hunt. That's easy. <laughs> Barring he is eligible to play and he's passed everything and he's on a minimum, give me Kareem Hunt, Trubisky, and Cohen, and you get to keep Hart or Howard as well just in case something goes bad. I don't know if we're actually able to keep him, probably throw him away for some draft picks or something. But I, I don't want Robbie. We can get uh, a kicker that is solid enough to replace Parkey that can make a 43-yarder when it counts. Give me Kareem Hunt. That will guarantee the Bears will have the best offense in 2019 if we get Kareem Hunt. Austin, what's your, pick? What's your take? Um, I'm actually in for Kareem Hunt as well over Robbie Gold. I think with the amount of kickers out there, we also talked to an LSU kicker at the Senior Bowl today, the Bears did. Uh, I think we bring in a kicker, um, and I think we, I'd rather have Kareem Hunt. Uh, everyone on Twitter is saying Robbie Gold, so it would be a hot take for sure. I just think we, I think there are kickers out there that we could bring back that would be just as good. I think Ryan Pace has worked really hard at building a locker room uh, where they all get along, they're all tight, they're all close. You see that in the post game videos. You see that in Club Dub. Like to bring in someone with this background, with this controversy. Like, do you really want to screw this up? Like these guys are not leaving. Like they're all the core team is all still there. They're all good friends. They all care for each other. They all have each other's backs. And to throw someone new into the mix, uh, which is going to happen eventually, but someone new with this stuff, you know, weighing over him, like. That just that could either create some controversy. It could you know create some divisions in the locker room. Like, I just think that's the last thing you want to do. So my take would be to go with Robbie if I had to choose the two. I get that Kareem Hunt's really good at football, but like, is he that good of a guy? And do you want that guy in your locker room? He, Who are you to judge character? The, the hey, guy, hey, no, I, I have zero felonies on my record, so I can judge a little bit. Same thing. I'm aggressive. Um. So I I agree, but if you think um, if you think that someone is if you think that the guys in the locker room are not going to like know that and like not keep him in check, um, they're going to keep Kareem in check. So um, he that- knows if he was to get signed again, he knows this is his last shot. So he's going to make if he's smart, which I think he's a smart guy. I don't think he's stupid. I think he takes advantage of it. He plays his role. And he, he knows if he plays extremely well, guess what's waiting on the other side? A pretty good contract. You know, yep. say he signs with the Bears and he makes everything well, goes through it. 
then the millions will start flowing in and maybe he goes back to the Chiefs or he goes to an up-and-coming Raiders team in like 2022. I don't know, but I think it's a really good question uh, between Gold or, or Hunt, but I think I'm on the fence here. I would take Hunt. So what's the next question, Austin? Next question is what or would we rather sign? It's JP on Twitter. Would we rather or sorry? Do we trade Jordan Howard or do we keep him and go back to some of Fox's like more run heavy like offensive plays next year? It's bold bold question, but Danny, go ahead. I mean, I don't know. Like I I I just don't think that Jordan Howard fits into Nagy's offense. I don't think he he. He can do the things that Nagy wants to do. He doesn't catch the ball very well. He's not very fast. Um, you know, I think that you, you even when even when Jordan Howard is running the ball well this year in games, you would see Nagy go away from him, even when he was feeling it. Like it just it just never it just feels like he doesn't really fit. And and Jordan Howard's a good running back, and he's given us a lot of good years. I, I totally get that, but you know, I, I think they're going to be pretty aggressive in trying to find someone that fits Nagy's schemes a bit better. And like, we all know Ryan Pace is good in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round of this draft. Like he may find someone who's more suitable, who can catch the ball, who can run, who can do the things that he wants to do. And I just, you know, like I said, Jordan Howard's been a great bear, but I, I think with this new kind of change in, 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 in guard and, and new offensive you know strategy that they have, I just don't think it, it fits, he fits it really well. Cause again, even when he was running the ball well this year, like they would go away from him. And I think that's a pretty that's a pretty big tell. What was the question, Austin? It was would you rather trade Jordan Howard or keep him and kind of take a little bit of Fox's offense from last year and and run the ball a little bit more with Jordan Howard? Who asked that question? JP on Twitter. Okay, JP, listen closely. I don't ever want to hear bringing John Fox's offense back to this Bears current Bears team. Give it Nagy. to him, Dave. What I love what Nagy's doing. And if I ever get a, if I get a sniff of that coming back next year, I will be heated. Okay, so let's not hear that. Let's not get that. I want to see Nagy do a little more with Howard. Say we don't get Kareem Hunt. Let Nagy in, instrument uh, his own offense. You know, you know, let get a couple more plays for Howard. See what he draws up. Let's not go back to one of the worst head coaches I've ever seen in John Fox. Okay, let's keep it going with Nagy. I trust him enough that he will get this guy implement, implemented a little bit more next year. But as far as John Fox and having some of those plays come back into the playbook, God, no. Absolutely not. I, that's a good take. I agree. Good question, though, JP. Great question. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's all we had from them. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's interesting. I don't know. John Fox, just not the offensive mind. Not the yeah. offensive mind at all. I like where he was going with the question. I just don't yeah. like Fox. So great, great show so far. Um, I think that's about it for, for us over here. It is the off season. So we're just trying our best to, you know, to keep up the fresh content. Real quick, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl predictions. I'm going to say NFC 45, 42, uh, bet the over for the, uh, for the Pro Bowl this weekend. What is the over? I don't even know, but like the freaking over. <laughs> like there's no defense this weekend. Like it, the, I, you know, my prediction would be like, 60 NFC 64 AFC 60 is my is my prediction uh yeah I mean I don't even care about the Pro Bowl so I'm not going to give a prediction we'll be back in about a week we're going to talk Super Bowl and a couple other things uh, as far as Chicago sports go so thank you for tuning in once again for episode what nine 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 so next episode is number 10 boys yeah big one I'm excited double digits we're finally getting we're getting there um so like i said thank you for tuning in and we'll be back next week see you later Peace.